Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside three ball, bam! Onions, baby onions! Zach Levine in the Bulls! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three. The rookie, the what a shot! Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep, where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls Outsider Show. Now he's doing Locked on Bulls. There he is, Jim Foreburn. Oh, don't mess with the boots. But watch this crossover. Bulls bird of free league ghost. Oh, my goodness. So kick back. I'm not. Relax. And get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, I'm not. You can just see the vibe. And these guys are men. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh, my goodness, that was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for our Ultra Moment segment. Coming up later in the episode, you'll be surprised who we give it to. Uh, Matt's happy to be back on the show. Uh, unfortunately, things played out the way that we thought they were going to, and the Bulls did not end up in the top five. Uh, but first and foremost, before we get into all of our text messages and our voicemails, how are you, man? Uh, how you doing? Are you disappointed at all or not shocked? Jordan, what's up, man? What's up, Bulls Nation? Um, disappointed, I guess, a little bit, but but mostly not because no, not shocked. Um, you know me; I was I was rooting for L's towards the back end of the season, especially once Zach was put on the shelf in, in health and safety protocols. Just knowing that there were a lot of variables that made the 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 you know the part of the season after the trades just go a little haywire uh, and made it hard for the Bulls to to make the playoffs. So. You know, would things be different if they had, you know, successfully tanked their way towards the seventh best odds, which is where Toronto ended up and Toronto jumped up to number four? You know, whatever. I guess it's it's just all in the past now. I, I was fully prepared coming into lottery night to to be disappointed um, and, and assume that the Bulls were going to convey their pick to Orlando. So, hey, at, at least we get that out of the way. The pick conveys to Orlando. We've paid half the price for the Vooch trade, and we still have ourselves a pair of all-stars. So I'm I'm looking forward, not behind. The Levine stuff, too. I think it's interesting that he's joining Team USA. I know you touched on it a little bit as well, but uh, I think the biggest thing for me, is this is just kind of another step forward for him in terms of his brand and him being able to finally be in the mix with some superstars and actually have some conversations. I know some guys are going over there just to more hang out uh, than actually play, but Levine is going to compete. And so I'm excited for him. I'm excited what it means for the Bulls in the short term. This is more important to me if Levine stays here long term. It's building those relationships with some of those other stars. But I think it's good for his brand, too. I mean, he's going to be interna- on an international stage for the first time. And uh, he deserves it, man. He deserves to showcase all his talents. Uh, and hopefully it ends up with luring a superstar somewhere down the road here in Chicago. 
Yeah, man. It's it's excellent news for Zach. I think it's well-deserved that he gets that recognition because he had been invited to be at some of the larger camps where, you know, they invite 25 people plus. I know his name was mentioned back, I think, in March as what, like one of the 45 names that were being considered. Um, And you were just kind of watching the the yeses and nos of people who were invited and were probably given dibs ahead of Zach, particularly players in the backcourt, uh, and just kind of hoping that, um, assuming you wanted Zach to get that honor and get that opportunity, that enough people ahead of him in line would politely decline that invitation so that Zach could get his opportunity because he had said from the first time he was asked about it and consistently every time thereafter, I would love the opportunity to represent my country to play for Team USA and as you said, the, the the other bright note from a Bulls fan's perspective and the organization's perspective is allowing Zach a greater opportunity to really build some relationships with some other star players in the league and, and maybe give him that door, you know, some of those inroads to do some recruiting, to say, hey, man, I'm, I, I want to stay in Chicago. I want to win in Chicago. I'm not sure what your plans are next year and beyond, but you should think about coming to play, you know, for this great franchise with me. So I, I, I'm hoping that we get to, you know, not only watch Zach excel uh, in the Summer Olympics, which should be really fun to watch. I'm more excited to watch USA basketball in the Olympics now because Zach will be on the team. But I'm also hoping that he's going to be having some conversations in those locker rooms with those guys. Yeah, the first step really of that and what he missed out on a year prior with the All-Star game being here in Chicago was he got an opportunity to go to the All-Star game this year. And while it was brief and not, I guess, full out like a normal All-Star game is and an All-Star weekend is, he still got to at least touch base with some guys, start to form some of those relationships, maybe with guys that he hasn't talked to before. Um, and, And you never know, like Levine is already considered to have relationships around the league with other stars, guys that are similar ages with him, guys that he's played with before. Uh, but this is really another opportunity for him to be on on a stage for fans to see it, but also for him to make those relationships too. I think it's a good thing for the Bulls, uh, and I'll be excited to see what he does in the coming weeks for the Olympics. Um, with that being said, Matt, we want to get to some text messages and voicemails, 331-979-1369, the place to hit us up. You can drop us a text or a voicemail at any time. We got a ton of voicemails to get to, so I want to make sure we get to those. But first, want to give you guys our Michelob Ultra moment of the week. It uh, it was a tough choice, but I think it's only fair as part of the episode yesterday. I know, Matt, it was the campaign apology episode. I think it's only right that we give campaign uh, this week's Ultra moment of the week. Uh, the Suns tweeted this out. After campaign dropped 29 points and had nine assists in their game in the Eastern Conference Finals, which good for him. He's been having a great playoff. Uh, They said campaign joined LeBron James, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird as the only players with 29 plus points, nine plus assists and zero turnovers in a conference finals or finals game. That is wild. And so that is why we are giving campaign our Ultra moment of the week. Make sure to go check out all the other exciting ultra moments with the hashtag ultra moments across our entire NBA channel. It's only worth it if you enjoyed Michelob Ultra, 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the 
whole game. Uh, so go ahead, and if you've got an ultra moment of the week for next week that we could highlight, go ahead and hashtag that and tag us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls, and it might be a part of uh, what we're talking about next week. So thanks to Michelob Ultra, and congrats to P- Campaign on his ultra moment of the week. Uh, with yeah, that- and, and shout out to the real Quad 14 for uh, tagging us uh, in the, that campaign stat on Twitter. Um, just, yeah, I mean, I talked about it yesterday. Whew, I, it's weird. It's really weird to see campaign getting a sideline postgame interview at the Scott Van Pelt, you know, late night sports center because he just helped his team, you know, get, get another win in a conference finals matchup. Just just wild. Don't don't give any credence to Bulls fans who are saying, oh, what a mistake. No, like th- both things can be true. Campaign reinvented himself. He got a second chance and he seized that second chance opportunity. But he was he was but. He played like ass when he was with the Bulls. There is there is no denying that. So you could be happy for him that he's getting the second opportunity, but I don't think any Bulls fan should be thinking twice at any point about letting campaign go. I'm with you on that, uh, 100%. Uh, it's weird because I'm starting to think about it more and more, and I hate to admit this, but maybe Chicago of the recent history had been sort of the rock bottom for some of these players to to find themselves and go to other teams. And we talked about this a bunch over the last couple of weeks, last couple of months is like, unfortunately we are rock bottom for a lot of guys. And a lot of guys have turned their careers around, found their roles and found themselves other places outside of uh, Chicago where it hasn't worked. And uh, it's unfortunate, but good for those guys too. But uh, yeah, good for campaign, man. And look again, what Chris Paul is doing with that Suns team, even when he's not playing in some of these games. Uh, So that Suns team's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, But let's talk a little bit more about our Bulls team, and let's take some questions and some voicemails, some text messages. Again, 331-979-1369, the place to hit us up. Let's go to our first voicemail. Yeah, what's up, man? What's up, Jordan? It's your boy, Jay Maul, back again. Um, I really want to call in and and get my my team on the Ben Simmons situation before I watch the episode you guys created. Basically, long story short, um, I know a lot of people are wondering, should we go after Ben Simmons now that it appears that Philadelphia is going to move on from him? My biggest concern and my biggest thing is, one, the massive contract that he has. I mean, the man is making $30 million, close to $30 million this year or uh, this year, and his contract only increases as the years go on to the, the height of around $38, $39 million. And to any Bulls fans that's arguing for Ben Simmons, I just have a question. Why are y'all so quick to jump on getting Ben Simmons for the team? I get that he offers us defense and, and playmaking, which is something we needed. But I don't understand how y'all can argue for um, Ben Simmons to join the team, knowing that it's going to take a lot more to trade for him, versus Lonzo Ball. We've been debating all year long, should the Bulls make a move for Lonzo Ball or not? How much is it going to cost us? Will it be too much? Yeah, Ben Simmons has a horrible game in the playoffs, and a lot of Bulls fans are like, go get Ben Simmons. Go get him. He's what we need. And I'm like, the dude proved he can't shoot. He's not willing to score. At least Alonzo will take a shot. At least Alonzo will shoot the ball. So I just want to get my, my piece out there and everything. Um, go Bulls, and, and, and let me know what you guys think. All right, thanks for the call. I know our guys called in before. I got to say this first. I could hear the beeping in the background. Put a new battery in your smoke detector, please. Please do do 
do it for us. Do it for us. I, th- that is like my biggest fear. My brother's a firefighter. My dad was a firefighter for three decades. Like, just please put a battery in your in your smoke detector. That's what it is. Please do that for me. Um, but Matt Ben Simmons, uh, pretty. I understand his points, and it's it's the things that I was kind of talking about too, in terms of where the Bulls are at right now. But in terms of Lonzo versus Ben Simmons, I guess my question to you is who. Who is better? Who would you rather have in terms of either one of these guys? Oh man, that that's a tough one. Um, I look. I think if you're talking practically, and Jamal brought up the the contract for Simmons, Lonzo is a more affordable get. Even if the Bulls are going to be competing with other interested teams, um, as Lonzo is about to hit his restricted free agency. I still think that whatever top offer Lonzo gets, it's safe to say that it will come nowhere close to the max deal that Ben Simmons is on right now. I mean, you could probably get him for half the price if you negotiate properly than what Simmons has on the remaining four years of his deal. They bring different skills to the table. Each of them would bring playmaking that the Bulls desperately need Obviously, Simmons is a better, more versatile defensive player than Lonzo. Lonzo is certainly not a slouch on the defensive end, but he's no Ben Simmons. He's not an all NBA or you know an all defensive team guy, as Simmons has been several times over in his career. So, I, I mean, if, if if pressed to to choose between the two, I I, I would probably lean towards our caller Jamal here saying, yeah, you, you might. Not get the all defensive team stuff from Simmons, but you're getting quality playmaking from Lonzo at a much cheaper price. What about you? I'm with you too. I think if we're just talking about the two players, I'm probably going Simmons and going to roll the dice on the fact that they can try and either find pieces around him to score or or teach him how to shoot. Like I, I, I watched Giannis learn how to, to shoot threes, and I get Giannis is a very, very special case, but if that guy can learn how to shoot threes and knock him down at a pretty decent clip, Ben Simmons can figure out whatever's going on with him. He's got like the shooting yips right now, so I think I would take them, but like you were just talking about cost. I think it would cost the Bulls more to acquire Ben Simmons than it would to try and see if they can strike a deal, even if that was possible. I like Right now, as it sits, I think the Pelicans are fully on board with bringing Lonzo back. They just got rid of Stan Van Gundy, so that might change things in terms of their perception of what they want to do with Lonzo. Him and Lonzo did not have a very good relationship. Um, that being said, though, I think it still would cost you a ton. It's unfortunate, too. We got to keep in mind that the Kobe White injury came at a very, very unfortunate time when we're talking about potential trade scenarios, right? And potential assets that you would have this offseason to deal. I think um, I think that's one big key, and that's no fault of Kobe's. It's just unfortunate luck again for the Bulls, and it comes with an injury. But I- I'm with you. I think I would take Ben Simmons over Lonzo Ball right now, the player, but I think it would cost you more for Ben Simmons. Yeah, I, I mean, in-, in a vacuum of no other context, who's the better player? Well, Ben Simmons is the better player, even with his faults. Um, and maybe our college doesn't even necessarily agree with that, talking about his his hesitancy to shoot. And, you know, I, I think a lot of this is the recency bias. It's not like this was the first, uh, you know, piece of evidence of Simmons being limited in a detrimental way, uh, especially in a playoff series with his la- with lack of confidence shooting, his lack of confidence at the free throw line. I still think he's a better player than Lonzo. I just think that a lot of the Bulls fans out there right now saying, go get Simmons, go get Simmons, are not looking at it realistically. 
knowing that despite his bad playoff appearance just now and despite his giant contract, Simmons is still a piece that the Sixers aren't just going to give away for nothing. And as you said, with Kobe's injury, the the picks already being used up from the Vooch acquisition, Bulls are limited. And the Sixers would probably ask for Zach Levine. So to me, that like that's that's the start and stop of it all. If you don't want to give up Zach Levine to get Ben Simmons, then the Ben Simmons conversation pretty much ends there. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it, like that's the only reason why I would want Ben Simmons if you're going to try to pair those two together. He'd be a great fit with Zach. Correct. Would I rather have Simmons than Zach? Given all the other pieces we have right now? No, not necessarily. Zach Levine could go get you buckets. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, thanks for the call, though. And again, please, please do me a favor and put a new battery in your smoke detector. Um, hey, maybe he was just heating something up in the microwave, <laughs> man. Well that, well, that could be too. That could be too, definitely. Um, all right, let's go to one more voicemail. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, had a couple questions for you. Uh, I was thinking about Detroit. Their GM just came out and said that they'd be willing to trade the pick, probably first pick overall. And I was thinking about how last year, how they were really high on Patrick Williams, and maybe, maybe the Bulls can go for that pick. I don't know. Maybe it's unlikely, but you know. But well, anyways, what do you guys think? Patrick Williams, Kobe White, picks. I don't know. What do you What do you guys think could happen? Or maybe they get rid of Killian Hayes. Maybe the Bulls can try to get him. Just uh, just spitballing. But anyways, uh, yeah. Tell me what you guys think. Thanks. Wow, I didn't. I totally forgot about the Pistons and their love interest with Patrick Williams. Man, this is a very good call and something I didn't think about. Man, either Killian Hayes or trading up for that first pick. I don't know if the Pistons, I don't know if the Bulls have enough to, to even make a deal for the first pick, but I think the Killian Hayes thing might be interesting. The Bulls were super high on him too. Uh, one of a handful of guys in that draft, and they ended up taking Patrick Williams at number four. But what do you think about all of this? I think this is something I never thought about, but now I am, I'm fully on board with actually having the conversation with the Pistons. What do you think? I mean, would I love the Bulls somehow finding a way to get Cade Cunningham to wear a Bulls hat on draft night, that gigantic guard who has the same size at the point guard position as Ben Simmons but actually knows how to shoot a basketball, yeah, would love that. Um, even at the price of Patrick Williams, yeah, I could make my peace with that. However, do I think it's very realistic that Detroit is completely serious when they're talking about, eh, well, let's shop around this number one overall pick? No, no. Detroit's going to keep that pick. They're going to draft Kate Cunningham because that is the logical thing to do. I don't think that even as high as the Pistons may have been on Patrick Williams draft night a year ago, that they see him as a brighter prospect for the present and future than Cade Cunningham is. No diss to P-Dub. Cade Cunningham has potential to be a franchise-changing star talent. And we've talked about Williams' ceiling and what and just how high it might be. But you don't pass up the the newest, sexiest, potential franchise-changing talent with the number one pick. That being Kate Cunningham, if I'm the Pistons. Now, the other element to this call that interests me is Killian Hayes. 
And maybe if the Pistons are trying to finagle a few things around and decide that Killian Hayes is expendable, that could be an interesting potential solution for the Bulls. And I know it was a real bummer that he missed a good chunk of his rookie year with an injury. But if you remember, Jordan, I was all aboard the Killian Hayes hype train when we were talking about draft potential uh, Bulls picks a year ago and, and knowing just how badly this team needed a competent playmaking point guard. I still think Hayes could have himself a very bright NBA career. I don't necessarily know if the Pistons are ready to, to throw in the towel on him, um, but any elements of that hypothetical that was presented in that call, the Bulls may be trying to get Killian Hayes a young guy still on a rookie contract with uh, a lot of potential because Detroit's trying to shuffle some some pieces around, that would interest me. But I don't think that the other, hey, let's see if the Bulls can get a package together for the number one pick and take that away from Detroit. I don't think there's any realistic possibility that that happens. Yeah, I'm with you. I just don't think the Bulls have the pieces to be able to put something like that together. Especially without having a pick this year and already missing a future pick, too. That being said, I think you could. Is it unfair for me to say that a sign in trade with Lowry Markinen for Killian Hayes straight up benefits both teams? Like, if they're going to draft Cade Cunningham, I get. Killian Hayes still has probably two or three years of development until we actually find out what kind of point guard he is. He's going to be. I think he was the second youngest player in this in that draft behind Patrick Williams. I I don't I don't I don't hate that I don't hate that for either side but then again it's like does Detroit want to pay him all of that money I know they've got a bunch of short term contracts but you think that's fair enough for both sides I don't know what the Pistons would like but a Lowry market sign and trade for Killian Hayes and something else to fill it, it makes sense for both sides but other than that man I can't see any other pieces that make sense for both sides to trade to make it work yeah I the the Lowry sign and trade. Interesting idea. I don't know if the Pistons like him enough to say, all right, well, here's this guy who's had a up and down, you know, first five years of his NBA career, pretty rocky. Um, what potential do we still see in him versus what potential do we still see in this guy who is still under team control on a rookie scale contract for several more seasons? Because they they, they got to pay Lowry uh, and they got to pay him something at least close to what he's looking for, which is more than Killian Hayes is. Even though Killian Hayes was a fairly high pick, his contract uh, on his rookie scale deal is still going to be well short of the new contract that Lowry's looking for. So I don't know if the Pistons would like Lowry that much. On top of that, I would say this fear I have of Lowry going somewhere else. And like we have seen several former Bulls players do blossom, given the right opportunity, the right system, um, the right environment, the right fit. If that happens to Lowry because he goes to some other team in the Central Division and we have to watch Lowry blossom into the star that I thought he could be while we have to play him, you know, like eight times a year, that would drive me absolutely insane. (laughs) Yeah, it would suck. It would suck. I would be happy for him because, again, it's been a case with a lot of the guys the Bulls have drafted over the last five years when they've done this, this rebuild. But... Again, if it's going to make the Bulls better, it's also going to make Lowry better. It's going to drive me a little bit nuts, and it's going to make me even more mad at the past regime and coaching staffs and everybody who couldn't tap into what Lowry is. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think it would be too difficult, and I don't even know what the Pistons would think of Lowry and how that would even fit into their long-term plans. Uh, Good thought, though. Good call. 
good ideas, way to think outside the box too on some of this because a lot of the conversations you and I have had about the front office and what potential moves that they could make have been a lot of these outside the box type ideas. I mean, are the Vooch call... I remember a guy calling in, one of our listeners, called in like a week prior about the Vooch trade, and it was pretty much spot on to what the Bulls were thinking about doing, and they ended up pulling the trigger. So these ideas are good. Keep them coming. 331-979-1369. Matt, we got a couple more voicemails to play, but first want to tell our listeners about Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA Conference Finals are going on right now. The baseball season's in full swing. The NHL is wrapping up their playoff stint. They just had a wild game where now it's going to Game 7 of their conference finals. Uh, UFC MMA action is also available to bet on. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to your website. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This episode of Locked On Bulls is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. Save time and money when using RockAuto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 from a chain store, but only $216 at rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. Rock Auto's got everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, and more. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Hey guys, this is Kenny from Atlanta. I've called it a couple times, but uh, it's been a while. Um, So I was just sitting here, you know, watching a YouTube video live stream of the NBA draft, saw, you know, that the, the Bulls lost the pick. And I was sad for a good 30 seconds, but then I was like, you know what? I mean, we we kind of expected it, really. Like, I mean, it was kind of a, a pipe dream to think that we would jump up again. I mean, maybe we would, you know, who knows? But we didn't, so it's okay. But I feel like, the you know, the front office should still take this opportunity to try to trade back into the draft. We've seen it so many times over the last couple of years, these late draft picks, you know, doing something. I mean, you know, even a second-round pick, look at Jokic, I mean, just this last year, you know, you have Sadiq Bay with the Pistons. You have, I don't know, Peyton Pritchard for the Celtics. I mean, you know, good role player. But, I mean, the Bulls need good role players that are cheap, obviously. Like, we don't have that much money to spend. They should try to find a way to trade back into the late first round, second round, something maybe, you know, make it a little bit easier in free agency. I mean, obviously you're not banking on these guys to be, you know, major role players, but, you know, fill some holes in the draft still try to try to get back into it and fill some holes that way and then you know go into free agency try to pick up who you can but that's all i got for you guys all right thanks guys good call again matt this is something that we talked about too i believe right around the trade deadline was like okay if your cap space is all tied up which they ended up doing with the trade for Vooch, at least for another year. How are you going to be able to fill out your roster with limited cap space and one of the ideas that we brought up were 
maybe trading into the second round and those contracts are not guaranteed but at least maybe AK can find diamond or two in the rough uh, to fill out and play a role right away there's going to be a handful of guys that are available and our caller Kenny here he rattled off two or three just from the last draft that have been impact players right away what do you think about this idea about the Bulls trading back in either into the first or the second round to fill out their roster if they can't do it in free agency yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that you have to think about there when talking about, hey, second round picks and, and actually making use of them because Bulls fans for so many years were frustrated by the previous regime being like, oh, you want to give us a few thousand, hundred thousand dollars for our second round pick? Sure, here it is. Give us the cash. Um, you know, hashtag cash considerations. We now have a new front office led by someone who clearly puts an emphasis on finding value in the second round. Um, MVP value uh, in one particular case. But that's another part that I think Bulls fans kind of forget and then have to be reminded of every few days, every week, is that when we heard from AK at the end of the season and he was asked about their second-round pick from last year, Marco Simonovic, um, who's playing over for the same team, Mega, that Jokic played for overseas, that he is very much so in the team's future plans and perhaps even near future plans. So if you're talking about replacing Larry Markin and his production, if you're talking about filling out the, the fringes of this roster in ways that don't break the bank and don't uh, make your, your cap situation more difficult because you're, you're paying Zach, you're paying Vooch, maybe you're trying to bring in another complimentary piece that, that's not going to be cheap. Marco is, is somebody I think we could realistically see come overseas, come from overseas and be on this team's roster next season. And then you're talking about paying a dude a second round level salary. So whether it's Marco or it's just, you know, this upcoming draft where the Bulls do have their own second round pick 38th um, and we'll see what they do there. Maybe they try and, you know, do a little bit of wiggling and some negotiating to try and get an additional second round pick. If there's a guy that they see has fallen that they really like and they see as a potential steal. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see AK try and work those fringes while also keeping Marco in the back of his mind. It's like, hey, I still have this guy that I drafted in the second round last year. It's a good point, too. And like, we don't laugh when I say this, but we haven't we haven't really seen like with we've seen spots, but we haven't really seen what the full development of like guys like Adam Akoka that they've had around for two or three years are. Like, is that a guy that could fill out the 14th or 15th spot on your bench as opposed to having to give up something in order to take a chance at a guy in the second round? That's obviously it's not a high thing on my priority list, but I'm still thinking about guys that are sort of around the organization that might come at a cheap to baby fill out the roster and you could play in a pinch. But we've seen him very little in this in this last season, um, even though we did see him lock down Luka like a year ago under Jim Boylan. Um, there's a lot of teams out there, though, with second round picks. A lot, of, a lot of teams that have excess second-round picks. So I think if the Bulls were willing and wanting to do that, I think they certainly could. Like, I'm thinking, OKC has two picks in the 30s. They have 34 and 36. The Bulls have number 38. Um, guys like Ayo Desumu are probably going to be available late first round, early second round. That would be a guy I would love, and that, that would be a perfect fit for the Bulls. But um, yeah, I, I would be totally down for the Bulls to try it if it didn't cost them that much. Uh, but you're right about the overseas player, too. I, I'm curious, again, we talked about him maybe potentially being on a two-way contract. Could you bring him overseas and put him on a two-way deal, or does he have to be on a guaranteed contract? Um, that's also something to consider, too. 
I think if they bring him over, they're going to bring him over with the plan and putting him on the 15 man roster. Um, you know, let's, let's see what he has. The guy was putting up pretty impressive numbers, uh, playing for mega this past season. And, you know, like, like I was saying earlier, even if it's a, a full scale contract and not a two way contract, a two way deal, you're not going to be breaking the bank to pay him. Um, and he could give this team some solid minutes if he comes over and shows that like many examples in the past few years, uh, like the the Euro player skeptics are are dying off in droves as they should be because we, we are seeing, you know, evidence upon evidence upon evidence of guys, whether they are younger or a bit older, who are established pros playing in Europe, they can come into the NBA and play right away, some of them even at a star level. Hey, Matt and Jordan, this is David calling you guys from Charlottesville, Virginia. Hope you're doing well and enjoying this beautiful summer with COVID being a distant, uh, not a distant memory, but it's good to see that things are slowly getting back to normal. And I definitely have been enjoying uh, this playoff action, even though our Chicago Bulls, unfortunately, missed it again. But I just wanted to share some thoughts on Kobe White. Um, my thing with Kobe is I'm more so with Matt. He's, I never, at least for this year, did not see Kobe White as our point guard of the future, even as he kind of teased us at the end of this past season. Um, putting up some good numbers and scoring and doing all these things. But my, my thoughts coming into this offseason, even without the Kobe White injury, which I'm definitely disappointed about, it, it, it sucks for our team. But my thing is, if Kobe White was healthy and nothing happened to Kobe White, we would still need a point guard because Kobe White is not our point guard. Um, and now that Kobe White is hurt, it will hopefully prioritize point guard even more, whether that's um, – trading for that MVP overseas, Mitchich, I think, or maybe looking into side-in trade options for Alonzo Ball deal. Um, but regardless of what Kobe White did or didn't do this offseason, and unfortunately that injury is, is something that, that sucks, um, we would still need a point guard regardless, and that has to be first and foremost the priority of this offseason is getting this team a quarterback facilitator um, to make guys like Patrick, Zach, and um, I was going to say Laurie Markkinen, but Nico Vucevic make those guys um, a more cohesive unit. Thanks, guys. Love to hear your thoughts. Go Bulls. The unfortunate thing is, with Kobe White being hurt now, man, we just talked about it at the beginning of the episode, but it was one of their few pieces that they had in terms of leverage for trades. And I'm not saying that the Bulls should trade Kobe White, but th- that that's one of the few players that if you're still somewhat trying to compete and see what Vooch and Zacher have and how far you could take that, he's a piece that teams would be wanting in return. Him, Patrick Williams, and I don't know, maybe future picks. It sucks that he got hurt, and I'm hoping he's going to be okay, and I don't even know if he's going to be ready by training camp. Um, but what do you think about this? Are you still not convinced that maybe Kobe White's not the point guard of the future or doesn't have maybe a long-term role on this team? Or what are you thinking about Kobe White, especially after the, the shoulder injury? Yeah, man, I agree with a lot of what David was saying there. I think if there is a silver lining to the Kobe injury, at least for me personally, it's that I won't have to listen to the the Kobe White stands at the beginning of the season and in training camp saying he should be our starting point guard. He should be our starting point guard. I love Kobe White, and I love Kobe White for what he is, 
And what he is is not the point guard, starting point guard, that the Bulls need. We saw countless times this season that they needed a competent ball handler, playmaker, who could take some of that pressure off of Zach Levine. <coughs> Pardon me. And that's not what Kobe White is. Now, if Kobe gets healthy, and I agree with you too, it also certainly hurts that that he is now a trade chip that is less uh, appealing if the Bulls were trying to, to make some maneuvers this season and needed something to offer up. If Kobe gets back in healthy, assuming the Bulls make some other move to bring in a starting point guard who is more of a playmaking point guard to pair well with Zach, that doesn't mean that Kobe White still can't be your th- your team's third leading scorer behind Zach and Vooch. And on some nights, he might be your second leading scorer. On some nights, if he's hot, he might be your leading scorer in a reserve role. The sixth man scorer off the bench. That is a still a very useful piece to have for any NBA roster. And we saw in certain ways that that is the best version of Kobe. Not a guy who's being asked to do too much and to run half-court offenses and run offensive sets. And while I grant you he did make some modest improvements in those elements of his game, this his second season in the NBA, he is still most lethal as a catch-and-shoot threat playing off the ball. That's just a fact. So use him to the height of his abilities in that role. And so his injury... I don't think necessarily changed AK and Eversley's perspective of we still need to find ourselves a point guard who can run things around here Um, because I think they're smart enough to know that whereas Kobe, when he earned his starting job back and finished the season strong with some good games, I don't think that that would have been enough to change their mind to say, oh, we're good. Kobe's our starting point guard. Zach's our starting shooting guard, and we're going to go from there because guess what? That was the plan for a long time this season, and it didn't go very well. So... I I hope that we get some answer at that point guard spot. And assuming that Kobe is not traded and here, hopefully he recovers from that surgery sooner rather than later. And he can be the best version of himself that we have all learned that he can be. I think it's very possible too. thinking more about what Billy Donovan does with his lineups. I think it's very possible that Kobe white starts what 40, 50 games and the other guard that you're hoping to sign or trade for is starting the other 30, depending, or 30 at 20, 30 games. It's going to depend on matchups, too. Think about how how Billy Donovan's run his lineups. He's done it very matchup-dependent, thinking about the bigs this year, the way he did it with Lowry Markinen, guys that were hot. He was keeping them in the starting lineup. So I, I think that's a possibility as well, bringing in a guard that doesn't mind coming off the bench but also can start 20 or 30 games, depending on matchups. I think that's a likelihood. I don't think that they're scared going into next season if they don't get if they don't find anybody and they go into next season with basically the same team. I don't think that they're scared to have Kobe White continue to start and see what that is. Him, Zach, and Vooch next season. Because we haven't seen a whole lot of those guys collectively. So uh the short term, I think our caller is right too. I think you guys are right about that. But I- I'm wondering if they still want to see if they can run an offense through a big like Vooch and seeing what his passing ability is going to be able to do and run maybe a three-guard system. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I'm thinking of it considering all of the other stuff. Cap, how much space that they have on their roster, what they have in terms of assets to trade. Um, I think it's kind of a wait-and-see thing with Kobe White right now, but I don't think that they're scared to go out and get somebody that would be willing to maybe split the load depending on matchups. 
I mean, it, it could be a situation like that. I would prefer uh, a team and a roster and a rotation where all roles are defined. And Billy Donovan even said that that was an issue uh, as the season wound down and, and they were dropping games when they were trying to integrate these new pieces from the to, from the multiple trades and saying everybody kind of just like forgot or not forgot, but had their role changed and then didn't know how to adjust to it. It's true. And NBA players, and you hear former players, retired players who are now analysts and, and broadcasters talk about it all the time, consistency and routine. NBA players thrive on consistency and routine and knowing what their role is. So after this chaotic season of COVID protocols and, and a crunch-together schedule and crazy trades at the deadline and trying to figure out all that shit, I want consistency and routine and defined roles next season because I think that you need that for your team to take a step forward. And if it's continuing wishy-washy of, oh, like this past season, is it Kobe or is it Sato? Now it's Sato. Now it's Kobe. It doesn't work well for anyone involved. Go sign a point guard who could be your starting point guard. And if in certain matchups, in certain moments, whatever, you want to let Kobe say, okay, Kobe, go out there and cook. Go be Kobe for, for six minutes, for seven minutes while we get this other guy a rest. Great. But let the roles be defined. That's what I want. The problem is, is they they don't really have a choice right now. It's they don't have any assets to to trade. They have limited cap space, so you don't really have a choice. Like unless unless you don't care who it is that you sign. Like if you don't, if you would rather have it be anybody but Kobe, your choices are very limited. Am I mistaken in saying that? Like how much how much realistic cap space would the Bulls have to sign somebody that would be willing to take that role over, taking the chance on starting Kobe? That would be my concern. I don't think you're wrong. I, I'm just curious how that's going to play out next year. Um, a guy that we've been talking about for a while is Spencer Dinwiddie, but I don't know what the cost is going to be on him. Um, that would be a great option. I, I think that would be a great option, and it gives you flexibility with all of the guards that you have, including Thomas Sadoransky, if he stays. Um, it's going to be, again, I said it, we said it a couple of weeks ago. I said it a couple of weeks ago as well. Like, I don't want to be the front office because they're going to have to be very precise and they're going to have to be very strategic with what they do this offseason to to build this roster uh, and build one that can hopefully make the playoffs. Uh, that's my goal. Uh, that, that's what I'm hoping for next year, and I think a lot of Bulls fans are hoping the same thing. I think that it's very doable for the Bulls to find a solution to, at the starting point guard position without any wild insane trades where you're talking about bringing over a veteran who's got some gigantic bloated contract that puts them in a better position to pair that player with their playmaking skills ideally they're a quality player on the defensive end pair that player with Zach Levine let Kobe thrive in a reserve role and go from there I don't think it's like super unlikely and and near impossible to find a player with the cap maneuverability that the Bulls do have in certain corners uh, and, and pockets of the roster, I think it's doable. And I expect AK and Eversley to find a way to make it work. We will see. Uh, thanks for all of your phone calls, your text messages. Continue to drop those for us at 331-979-1369. Uh, thanks for everybody who's called in, everybody who continues to reach out on social media. Uh, continue your text. It's going to be a busy next couple of months. 
uh, leading up to the new season. We've got the draft coming up and also free agency. We'll continue to talk about all of that. 331-979-1369. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.